0: podcast Joel com from the Back Crypto podcast talks about the world of cryptocurrency. So stay tuned. So welcome everyone to another episode of Future of Data podcast. Today we have an amazing guest. Today we have with us. So this is my first co-podcaster session. So today we have an amazing podcaster, Joel, uh, Joe Com, and uh, a quick bio on Joe. So Joe is a New York Times bestselling author, professional keynote speaker, brand influencer, TEDx speaker, and futurist. He's, he also co-hosts the Bad Crypto podcast that keeps us all aware on what is happening in the world of cryptocurrency. And we'll talk. We'll talk briefly about that. And I particularly like um, um, his podcast description, so I want to just go over that. Um, so, as co-host of the popular Bad Crypto podcast show with Travis Wright, Joel is cryptocurrency investor and evangelist. The show is in top hundred um, business podcast on iTunes uh, and is also available on SoundCloud, Stitcher, YouTube, Google Play, iHeart Radio, and Spotify topics covered includes Bitcoin, Litecoin Ethereum, altcoin blockchain and Fintech and this ain't your daddy's crypto show. So my my first question before we uh, uh, and by the way thank you Joel so much for agreeing to uh, come on the show and, and and agreeing to talk to our audience about uh, this fascinating s- world of Bitcoin.
1: yeah my pleasure thanks for having so,
0: me So what is what what is your daddy's crypto show?
1: <laughs> well, you know, cryptocurrency is still something that's very much in the early stages. It was back in 2009 that the uh, anonymous gentleman known as Satoshi Nakamoto released the white paper on the creation of this thing called Bitcoin, his idea of what, you know, this decentralized digital currency could do and how it could revolutionize. Uh, payment systems and banking and and transform you know give more power to the people essentially and so here we are in 2017 uh, and it's still something that most people are scratching their heads over you know what is this uh, this whole thing and um, I'm still relatively new to it myself which is what makes it so much fun? So, you know, up until our show, most of the podcasts, whether they were on iTunes or YouTube, were highly technical. They were people that were that understood this thoroughly, that have been in the industry, that are reporting on the industry or are insiders and talking about this on a level that most people don't understand. And so when I finally started going down the crypto rabbit hole with my co-host, Travis Wright, who's a marketing technologist and also fascinated with this stuff, we thought, you know, our conversations are so much fun. Why don't we start a show about this instead? And he kind of he threw it at me jokingly because I started going down the crypto hole back in, I want to say, April or May of uh, this year. And our discussions just turned to that as friends. We discovered we were both trying to figure this thing out. And one day he sent me a message on Facebook uh, with the little winky face saying, what's next? The Joel and, and Travis crypto show. And as soon as he said that, Vishal, I was like, yeah, let's do that. We're both professional broadcasters. We're marketers. We've pod, you know, we podcast. Let's take our conversations that we're having and let's record, let's do this show, and we'll call it The Bad Crypto Podcast, because we're so new to it that, honestly, we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> and But let's inject into these discussions our own personality. Let's just make it fun. And so that's what happened, and the podcast was an instant hit. We were, we're shocked at how quickly it became a hit, uh, because we were, were finally having somebody that was speaking and talking Bitcoin and cryptocurrency to regular people and not overwhelming them with the technical aspects, but taking the human element into it and saying, how does this really affect us? What is this thing? I don't know. Let's figure it out. And right. so the show is a journey for us. And as we're learning and discovering, we're sharing what we're learning and discovering with our audience. Uh, and it's it's a very engaged Community, You know, we've got a a page, we've got a closed mastermind group, we've got a telegram that's always got activity going on. And badcryptopodcast.com is the host site for uh, all the links to all the places.
0: We'll resume after a short break. This part of the podcast is brought to you by First Friday Fair, fastest AI-powered way to find your next opportunity. Check out the website firstfridayfair.com dot tao dot ai and find your next dream job let's get back to the podcast i think that's that's fabulous and, and actually that is what fascinated me about about your profile uh, joel because i think um, so i i come from the business end and, and i think many time um uh, I, I hear their pain so everyone is talking too nerdy everyone is talking too geeky and there's not too much sort of people who actually come from the business and saying hey you know it's not that complicated this is and and they show the human side of of those technical aspects. And I think I do appreciate you um, in actually deciphering cryptocurrency for most of us in a very commonistic. And I think uh, and by the way, fascinating name. Um, uh, like I I love how you overly simplify a very complicated word. The bad crypto. Right. So. It's. I think it's. It's a fascinating template, by the way. So there's a whole
1: culture that has been established around it. I mean, we uh, we call we're from the Republic of Bad Cryptopia. That's what (laughs) we call our our world. And you know, so the citizens, our listeners, our fans, are Bad Cryptopians. We've even created our own. Cryptocurrency called Bad Coin, which is a worthless <laughs> token that we just give away. We minted 10 billion of them. We just give them away to our listeners so they can hold some currency and uh, get experience with trading something that's virtually worthless. Um, you know, get experience on exchanges because people are intimidated. I was intimidated. Yeah, Every yeah. time I have done something new, whether it's opening an account at Coinbase, uh, funding that account, making my first purchase, opening a wallet, sending currency from one location to another. It's always, there's this trepidation, like, uh, am I doing this right? (laughs) Right. Is it going to disappear into nowhere? Am I going to lose everything? And so every time I make these new new discoveries you know in our community they make discoveries and they share with us their thoughts and ideas and introduce us to people that are interesting and uh, it's just it's taken on a life of its own and um, we're just having a blast
0: nice so i think so i that's i couldn't have you couldn't have said anything better so i was watching one of the one of his shows and you're talking about the guys are investing in a particular uh, a particular coin and how you performed on that it takes like that's that's a very sort of it takes guts and it talks intimidation it's like i know that you have been so how do you end up deciding that you want to go in this world of crypto um, currency and sort of investigate um, like what what so that thought came about the podcasting but really um getting into this domain of cryptocurrency like what brought you here
1: well i'm, I'm fascinated by it i've been hearing whispers of bitcoin from peers and friends for several years. And it, it, in my career, I've been at the online business for 22 mm-hmm. years. I built my first website back in 1995. I've written 15 books. I've created a, a number one iPhone app. I've, t- I've typically been on the front lines of a lot of the technologies that people now take. For- granted and it's not because I'm so smart it's because I'm a geek and I'm curious and you know I've always been into computers I had a TRS-80 model one with 4k in 1980 so I'm no stranger to dabbling in the sandbox with the newest technology and so uh, typically I'm right there at the beginning now you might say with crypto it's still the beginning Mm. but it's not bitcoin is now at over seven thousand dollars it was at two thousand when I got in just what four months ago pretty amazing uh, but I was at a internet marketing conference that I was speaking at, and I was talking to my friend Davin Michaels. He owns One Two Three employeecom out of the Philippines, an outsourcing mm. organization. And turns out we, you know, we've known each other for ten years. But he asked me, you know, what I think of Bitcoin, and I said, you know, I'm just finally starting to pay attention to this. And he started mm. telling me that he got paid. Um, wow. for a speaking gig in Bitcoin and discovered how much it was worth, you know, months later and started really exploring this. And And we had some great discussions and I said, you know, I'm going to, I think it's time for me to start exploring this. Well, like everything else that I've gotten into with technology, once I saw how deep this rabbit hole goes and once I realized that this technology behind cryptocurrency, behind Bitcoin is it is the most game changing technology of our lifetime because it's right. poised to disrupt every industry this thing called blockchain um so i got fascinated by it and that's where my discussions with travis wright began because i discovered he was fascinated with it and uh, the rest is history
0: interesting so uh before we get to the blockchain part i think i want to spend some more time on the on the cryptocurrency and, and your fascination towards it so i think when when i hear about cryptocurrency right and when i hear about say a non regulated currency so, wouldn't that give you a chance that there is no so like there is no one in or probably there's someone in control that we don't have we're not aware of uh, when it when you talk about uh, nakamoto or like wouldn't that sort of uh, uh, bother you that uh, this currency will it will always keep going up so there is no way it, so is, is is it's would that be a real currency in, like if it's not regulated
1: well, you know, we actually did a show on this, on what is um, money, and uh, we explored the different uh, aspects of, you know, money, portability, fungibility, right. all these different things, and and cryptocurrency, Bitcoin in particular, does meet the requirements of what money is, and, uh, and it has um, a, a security to it and an accuracy that our fiat money – doesn't have i mean this stuff Mm -hmm. here let's see i have some of this funny stuff in my wallet Mm -hmm. you know what we call money this stuff here this is Mm -hmm. paper Mm -hmm. and this in itself has no value it's the fact that it's backed by our federal government that gives it value but the federal government there's no limits to how much of this can be put into circulation they Mm -hmm. just print more they just churn this stuff out you know so it's like need more money you know Mm -hmm. there's more money and they keep printing Mm -hmm. it and the value of this is so much lower than it was when we started when we were on the gold standard um that inflation you know is Mm -hmm. out of control and with a currency like bitcoin there's only 21 million of them ever to be in existence right and so the value is based on an actual limited supply of a currency and supply and demand. Market forces truly take over and determine what the value is. So I'm way more secure with a digital currency that is trusted and reliable and verifiable than I am with a piece of paper backed by a, um, a world government that can print as much of it as they want.
0: Interesting. interesting. No, I think that's Fascinating, by the way. Good to know. That, that. made for
1: a good video too. I realized as I was doing it.
0: It's, it's, it's a beautiful prop, right? Exactly. So it's just like <laughs> it, it looks, fun. it looks like those those cheese. Uh, yeah. So invest in my my real estate or something. That kind of a right. <laughs> infomercial cheese. Yeah. But but yeah, absolutely. I think that's 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 fascinating, by the way, Joel. Thank you so much for for clarifying that for us. So now now let's let's talk about. Um, like the 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 underlying technology behind cryptocurrency blockchain you said i think so if you can walk us walk our audience through what blockchain is that really- we will resume after a short break this part of the podcast is brought to you by first friday fair fastest ai powered way to find your next opportunity check out the website first dot ai. And find your next dream job let's get back to the podcast
1: yeah so here's the thing i i'm still struggling to describe this beyond the the most surface level it's kind of bits and pieces so here here's the most simplest form of it blockchain is technology that's the first thing that you need to understand when we keep a ledger for whatever it is. You know, in the old days, people would have the books and they would have ledgers. We still have checkbooks we keep ledgers in. Your bank keeps a ledger. And so when you make a deposit or write a check or, or do a transaction, you and your bank have a ledger of what that transaction is, of what took place. And the bank ultimately will you know, say, oh no, no, that wasn't the transaction this is, and then they'll demonst- they'll show the proof. And the, the trust is just in that the bank is keeping accurate ledgers. Blockchain is a revolutionary technology in that it's a digital ledger, okay? And the transactions that are made on that ledger, whether they're in Bitcoin or Ethereum or any other cryptocurrency or token, are recorded and they're recorded in order chronologically Mm -hmm. and they're recorded publicly. Um, And and we can look at blockchain, and we can see every transaction that's ever taken place. And and the transactions that are placed on it are absolute. They're indisputable. Mm. They're immutable. They're unchangeable. They're completely reliable. It is a trustless system. And we say trustless because it's not an institution or a government, or an organization that's saying this is what the ledger says, it's based on very complex mathematical computations that um, if, you, if you think about how the internet works, mm-hmm. millions of computers all over the world, data, 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 sending from one to another, um, so that when I go to a website, it pulls up that website, that data is flowing through multiple different nodes uh, on the network in order to get me that information. Well, Bitcoin works the same way in Mm. that there are a number of there's computers out there that are doing these mathematical computations to verify a transaction. And when there are confirmations from a set number of computers on that network, it gets added to the blockchain as a on the permanent record, as it were. So kind of an illustration I heard somebody share one time was like a toilet paper roll. And as Mm. you're pulling it down the next entry gets added to it and then you pull it down a little bit more in the next entry and it's this long roll of records that are they're there forever. You can't change it once it's on blockchain
0: interesting does that interesting. make sense does that help oh, yeah no i think yes 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 definitely so uh, that's that's really helpful and and then and whoever's update that ledger is i think that's so th- there's there's some mining involved and all um, that as well going on okay sometimes
1: um, there's mining involved in bitcoin some tokens are pre-mined and that doesn't happen but blockchain still is in
0: effect okay so if if you so, so what are you saying is if you take the coin piece out if you just keep the technology and ledger and updating piece in then that particular technology could be used, and I think that's why they're saying that uh, it's it's a, it's it's a good way to um, basically authenticate and sort of and, and sort of uh, uh, communicate a transaction. So businesses could use just that piece of having a uh, a very transparent transparent ledger that everyone knows about all the transaction and sort of um, okay,
1: right? It's but here's the thing: it's anonymous because all of the transactions, you have addresses for them. And those addresses for Bitcoin, you know, could be 30 characters long of alphanumerics, of letters and numbers, uppercase, lowercase. And I could look at any wallet by address and see what's in that wallet and what transactions have taken place. But I don't know who that belongs to. Right. And so there's an, and there's a, um, an immutability and a permanence to blockchain and the cryptocurrency, but there's an anonymity, anonymity, there you go, big word, <laughs> the big um, word yeah. and, and we, which is, you know, we want that with our, our, you know, lives and our liberties, especially, you know, in America, we're founded on personal liberty and stay out of my business. You right. know, I do my thing, you do yours, we treat each other well, we don't break the law and we pay our taxes, stay out of my business.
0: Interesting, and um, that's fascinating, by the way. So, so there is no way I can I can track back or trace back uh, a, a particular ledger and saying, okay, I know the I know the uh, the author of or I know who it belongs to.
1: Unless somebody tells you, I mean, uh, you know, it's possible to know you. You would know my if I say, okay, uh, Vishal, I'll send me a Bitcoin, and you send it to me. I have to give you my address. Right. So you'll know, you know that you sent that to me. However, I can then take those funds and I can send it to other wallets. In fact, one of the, the um, basic tips for people that are buying crypto on any of the exchanges is after you buy it, you move it off of the exchange onto a oh. different wallet. And if you think of a wallet just like a a standard wallet that we carry our credit cards, ID, and money in, only this is a digital wallet. Uh, Some of them come in the form of what looks like a USB stick, where you actually move your cryptocurrency to that stick. Others are nothing more than um, a code on a piece of paper. Um, And the real important thing is that you're not actually storing your digital currency anywhere where in particular it's not it's digital, it's not physical. What it, the the wallet is a place for you to keep your private keys. It's like your password. So if you were to lose that wallet, if you still knew your address and your private keys, it's out there on the blockchain. You mm. can access it. It's so you're you're you know you hear about people losing Bitcoin. What they've really lost is their um the 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 wallet address and their key that would access it
0: interesting so um, as per you like where do you see um, the the use of blockchain technology beyond beyond the currency uh, where where all you, you could see the businesses using blockchain well
1: it's it, it's getting ready to disrupt and has own already begun disrupting but every industry will be disrupted you know in the few months that we've done the show we've interviewed people from a number of different industries those that are um, putting power in the energy grid on blockchain Mm. so that you can do power swaps we're seeing one organization Mm. that's wanting to put voting on blockchain because blockchain solves the problem by Mm. decentralizing and empowering people to create contracts and transactions that are uh, irreversible and totally reliable so could you imagine if we implemented voting solutions for blockchain uh, every vote would count accurately with right no uh, that's vote. fascinating
0: idea yeah we'll resume after a short break this part of the podcast is brought to you by First Friday Fair fastest AI powered way to find your next opportunity check out the website First Friday ai, and find your next dream job. Let's get back to the podcast. Yeah.
1: Um, so, we're seeing uh, pharmaceuticals come up with ways to put prescriptions on blockchain. You know, we're seeing streaming industry is going to be disrupted. You know, right now we've got Spotify, we've got uh, um, Pandora, we've got iHeartRadio. All of these business models are bleeding money, they're not surviving. I mean they are they're in business but they're not doing well we have artists that aren't getting paid but if you if you're Mm -hmm. an artist and you put your music on a blockchain solution you know every time somebody streams one of your songs and you get paid for it instantly according to a price that you set uh it's there's just there's so much revolution that is coming because of blockchain and bitcoin is just the king currency um, it's kind of like a store of wealth, and if you want to talk yeah. a little bit more about that, we can.
0: Interesting. So I think so. Um, moving back to currency. So I, I like I was talking to one of the one of, one of the economists couple of I think couple of months back, and and we had a conversation about cryptocurrency and 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 sort of what's happening. And he explained me. So he has a good perspective. He said, Vishal, you know, uh, each currency or each coin is like a country. So like just like you have U.S. dollar, you have blockchain, like you have uh, uh, bitcoins, and then you have Ethereum. So they would be Nigerian uh, currency. They, they, so basically, based on how uh, these algorithms are written and how people treat the trust and all. So so he said that there would be that element, but then you, it the onus would be at some point on you as an investor to understand the coin or the currency where you're investing and how pop like because everything is based on the popularity and sort of demand and supply and and their distribution so what what is your take on 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 that thought
1: well uh, rather than look at it as countries i look at um coins and tokens that have different utility so because they know no regional bounds except Mm. you know areas where a country may have said bitcoin is illegal you can't Mm transact and you can't own it, which is really challenging because they can't really know because it's anonymous. anonymous. I don't know if somebody, you know, with an address is, you know, in Japan or Australia or U.S. or China or where. There's there's no way of of knowing because it's anonymous. So, you know, governments don't like that because they can't control it. Um, But each of the different currencies has a different purpose. And some of them are securities. Some of them are nothing more than utility tokens. Some of them share blockchains. Some of them have created their own blockchain. Um, and we're seeing just so much innovation in that space. So rather than see it as geographic, um, it's it's more based on what the utility is, and it's universal that you can use them from anywhere that, um, technologically you can access
0: it interesting so if suppose if if i am a uh, say i want to invest in, in 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 say any particular cryptocurrency like so what are what is or, or if you want to invest in a particular cryptocurrency what are some of the things that you see uh before, before you say okay let me just start see what's going on
1: yeah well there's there's so many there's you know well over um 1200 Mm. different currencies that are currently listed on coinmarketcap.com but there's actually thousands of tokens and i spoke to one friend who's been in the industry for years and he says that there's going to be a million different utilities for this Um, i think that the low-hanging fruit the easy way to get started is understanding bitcoin and if you want to go down that road that might be a good uh, introduction to how this all works
0: interesting and and, and and what are some of the some of the uh, better or, or more or better known coins vis-a-vis uh, some yeah. of the um, there's eth-
1: ethereum which is the uh, a popular uh, blockchain currency and solution that takes uh, crypto to the next level by involving smart contracts into blockchain. So it's not just this transaction goes from here to here, but it's um, this transaction goes from here to here, and it has if-then conditionals in it. So if somebody takes this action, then this, um, this thing happens, and so it's creating, uh, it's a platform where others are building upon Ethereum uh, to create their own tokens with these various conditions involved. So Ethereum's popular. There's Litecoin, which is a faster version of Bitcoin, not valued nearly as high. I think it's around $55 right now, but it's faster. You know, the, one of the things about Bitcoin is that it's slow. The mm. blocks on mm. the blockchain fill up and go out every 10 minutes. And so it can take um, anywhere from, you know, five to, uh, to 30 minutes sometimes for your transaction to be fully confirmed and land in your wallet. I've, I've had, because of network traffic, I had a 72-hour transaction one time. I thought it wow. was long. But because blockchain is so precise, it the money always lands. Um, okay. Now, compare this to you know making a deposit to your bank. They say, okay, your, money, your funds will be available in 24 hours. Now, if right. I sent okay. you Bitcoin 10 minutes later, you've got the money. And it's, it's there. It's yours. Um, now, there's others. There's uh, there's Ripple, which uh, is created so that banks can have quick settlements because, mm. you know, they sometimes have to wait a day to transfer funds between each other. If you want to do a wire transfer to another country, it could take three days for that wire transfer to get there. But I can send you, you know, Ripple or another coin and you have it in a matter of seconds. It, it's that fast. And so you could see how this changes the way that we're going to be banking, the way that we're gonna make payments. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna change. You know, right now when we use Visa or MasterCard, we can pay two, three, 4% transaction fees. But with uh, Bitcoin, your transaction fee, you know, if you send a Bitcoin, um, which is worth about $7,000 right now, your transaction fee is like .001 Bitcoin. It's very small, and so it's incredibly disruptive to our whole banking and payment transaction system.
0: Wow, wow! So um, let's let's talk about I think the that the, the disruptiveness of of. I think you raised a very interesting point. So if if I'm a bank, right, and and Bitcoin, like all these cryptocurrencies, is just eating up the lunch of majorly these banks, right, and and just vaporizing the idea of currency and just taking it all, all the way to virtual like how could bank react to this like what 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 do you think are some of the smart ways for banks to react well
1: bank first of all they don't they're not necessarily thrilled with it banking Mm, is big business um using other people's money controlling you know the financial supply um having that rule essentially over the people because they are the ones controlling the money is a very empowering thing bitcoin comes along and uh, it was that thing that, you know, Gandhi once said, uh, first they ignore you, um, then they laugh at you, then they fight mm. you, then yeah, you man. win. Right. Uh, and so at first they ignored Bitcoin. Mm. Then we're still in, we're, we're kind of in the laughing, almost to fighting phase uh, where they're like, <laughs> this will never go anywhere now we see banks starting to create their own blockchain initiatives Mm -hmm. and figure out how they can be a part of this because they see the big money that's involved in it this here's the thing it's unstoppable mm
0: -hmm. even if
1: you make laws blockchain is here to stay and unless you pull the plug on the internet globally um you can't stop it from happening And uh, so they're not thrilled about it. But at the same time, they're looking and going, all right, how do we integrate this? And how do we get a piece of it? Because if this is where the money's going as of right now, uh, so we're recording this on the 3rd of November, uh, Mm. CoinMarketCap.com is a site that shows cryptocurrency market capitalizations. Mm. We're we're almost ready to break through. A two hundred billion dollar market cap on cryptocurrencies. It's just yeah. shy. It's at one ninety nine, wow. eight hundred million right now. Um, and so, that's a big amount. But compared to the world money supply,
0: mm.
1: I think you know the the world money supply is something like eighty eight trillion. Um, there's something like four trillion in gold. I want to say, and mm. so the room for growth in the crypto market is still huge, but the fact that there's already a two hundred billion dollar market cap uh, says that this thing is exploding.
0: Interesting. And so, so now let's let's talk about the absence of regulation on that, right? So, uh, the the security aspect of it, right? So, um, there were exchanges, there were those were shut. We saw a a, a, a stock fall in uh, Bitcoin prices, I think, a couple of months back. So what are your thoughts on like, how can, uh, uh, if someone who's playing with this currency uh, is secure today or like, what are some of the thoughts there?
1: Well, the first thing is you can still be hacked, right? Mm -hmm. All somebody needs is your address and your password, essentially your private keys to be able to hack you. People, you know, um, there's all kinds of hacking schemes. And rather than go into those, let's just talk about what to do. Uh, Mm -hmm. Once you have purchased or receive Currency, you want to take it off of an exchange if that's where you've got it. You want to have it in your own storage. There's there's digital wallets, some of them that are desktop. There's one called Exodus for desktop, um, mm-hmm. which you it's on your machine. Now, if your machine gets hacked and somebody knows your password and private key, they can access it. So more secure modes would be offline wallets. For example, mm-hmm. there's a there's I own both of these. One of them's called a Ledger Nano S. Another one's called a Trezor. You plug them in your computer. You transfer your cryptocurrency to these devices. You unplug them and you stash them away. You know, many people don't, won't even you know it's an, even having them on location um, is is not necessarily the best thing. You might put them in a safety deposit box. You might drop it off at your parents' house and say, "Lock this up." They won't know what it is. Right. <laughs> They're not going to use it. Other solutions are right. paper wallets. So mm. this is actually—I don't have anything in this one, but I printed it out as an example. This is for a um, a currency called Electronium that I've been okay. watching. And this paper wallet, you can see it's got this barcode, right? Right, QR
0: the QR code, right? Yeah.
1: And then it's got this in very small letters and numbers. Is this address? and one of them's a public key, and one of them's a private key, right. and now if I take my crypto, I can send it to this address. I could take a picture of this QR code and send my money there, and now it's on this piece of paper, and it's very much like carrying
0: money. Right. interesting.
1: And so that's a good way to, uh, to secure your money offline. You don't want to leave it on exchanges. That's the okay. biggest warning. Um, exchanges are for exchanging, for buying and selling but pull your your funds off exchanges so if somebody were to hack into my coinbase or bitrix account or any of the exchanges they wouldn't find anything they would they would see you know uh oh i, I hacked that for nothing it's empty because right. all my stuff is very secured
0: interesting so so all the hacking that has taken place there majorly uh, taking place in a, in a in an exchange set up in uh, well
1: that's not all the hacking there's other ways to do it too. we've uh, some people have gotten very creative so you you know what an ipo is initial mm-hmm. public offering of a stock that is mm-hmm. being offered uh, from a company to the public Well, now we have what's called the ICO. In fact, we interviewed J.R. Willett, the creator of the ICO on a recent episode, if anybody wants to hear how that came about uh, with the OmniCoin. Uh, But an ICO is an initial coin offering, and it's a new method of raising capital without having to do a stock offering, without having to go to venture capitalists. It's going to the public, and either if it's a security following um, government security laws but in many cases it's just a utility token it's not a security mm. in and of itself it's a token that can be used to um, to uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for enact a function on that platform um, again this rabbit hole goes very deep it's fascinating <laughs> and so an ICO a company can say we are raising funds for our company and we're, we are uh, minting Uh, 10 billion tokens and we're going to offer maybe 1 billion of these to the public at a value of X number of um, pennies or sub pennies or dollars per token and then they give an address and they say send your Ethereum which is Mm. the coin we talked about that's Mm. smart contract based to our address and in exchange for that Ethereum you will get X number of Tokens that execute the utility of our uh, what we're what we're building, and right. so it could be one Ethereum equals three hundred tokens, or a thousand, or ten thousand. Just depends upon the value they put on it. So what's happened, Vishal, um, is that hackers will often try to get into a website and change the address that people are required to send oh. the Ethereum to and millions have been stolen that way now companies are finally wise to the fact that this is happening and right. they're locking down um you know so that people understand that this is the only address you should send it to and it's secure and this will get you your tokens you know another way people are doing it is as old as email itself phishing schemes hmm. they will set up a website that looks just like a wallet just like a company site with their address and there'll be like one little typo in it that's different, uh, but you won't, a lot of people don't take the time to see that. They don't see right. if the site is legitimate or secure and they'll go and they'll send money to an exchange that's not really an exchange. Um, you're, you're sending it to a thief. And so wow. you know, um, securing uh, our funds in the digital age, there's a whole industry around that. And it's just really important that you know what you're doing. I don't want to scare people off because mm. if you pay attention, then you won't get stolen from. But there's a lot of unsuspecting people that will get an email and say, congratulations, we're giving you 100 mm. extra tokens and they'll click the link and what they're actually doing is giving up everything they have in that token to a criminal.
0: Interesting. So I think one of the litmus test of uh, scam is Nigerian Prince adding, uh, jumping on this bandwagon. So have you received any Nigerian Prince cryptocurrency email yet?
1: Um, I don't know that I've received one saying that I've inherited, you know, yeah. 5,000 Bitcoins. I want to share that with you. And if I have, I haven't paid attention, but I'm sure that they're coming.
0: Nice, nice. I think that's, that's pretty awesome. So um, let's talk about, say, you want to start um, Batcoin right so bad crypto coin so can you do that uh, and and how far is it like uh, how uh, what are some of the steps if if you can yeah consider? well
1: anybody can create their own um token now there's platforms that are made specifically for the creation of uh, of these tokens and nice. we used one called bitshares bitshares it's uh, bts is the symbol i think it's somewhere the actual bitshares um coin is currently um I could tell you right now I want to say around 5 cents a token there's 2.6 million bit shares in circulation and they have their own decentralized exchange that you can trade in bit shares but also in you know bitcoin um dash any of the the currencies that are swappable on their exchange you can also create your own token and so you pay for the creation in BitShares, and we created something called BadCoin. It goes with the crypto nice. podcast. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think it cost us about $250 US dollars to create it, and we minted 10 billion of them, and we don't sell it. It's not, you know, we don't say, okay, you can buy BadCoin, because right. that would make it a security, and we don't want to be in any violation. Basically, it's like printing up Monopoly money and just handing it out to people. It's right. it's worthless. Now, if those who hold it choose to give value to it, they can trade it. And there's a few people that have bought and sold bad coin on the BitShares Exchange. But you know, as far as we're concerned, we just we give them away as a utility that might be used one day for for listeners of the show. Right now it's just it's fun to say, oh, we just made you a bad coin <laughs> but, millionaire, right? They're like, but, I have a million bad coin. It's worthless. That's but actually a great cares? idea. Yeah, but nicely. at the beginning, Bitcoin was worthless. Yeah. The very first Bitcoin was worth absolutely nothing. And until somebody created the first transaction, which took place, by the way, when these guys wanted to pay for two Papa John's pizzas, and they didn't have money, and they told the pizza delivery guy, we've got 10,000 Bitcoins. And the guy was like, I don't know what that is, but okay. And he took 10,000 bitcoin wow. uh, for two Papa John's pizzas. So there was a value attributed to this worthless token. Now, I don't even think my calculator will, um, will go this. I, I actually have a desktop calculator in the digital age because it's just so much easier to push a button and uh, and do that but um so that that pizza purchase is would be worth 70 million dollars in today yeah. uh bitcoin price <laughs> how's wow. that for mind blowing
0: wow that's that's fascinating yeah so so what about the security so uh, and so if suppose you you end up saying okay let me let me use this token uh, and and start attaching value to it is there any regulation such that stops you or, or you have to adhere to certain certain security standards before you go out yet or, or, or? Uh, yeah
1: i'm not a lawyer and i won't even pretend to answer right. those questions if you're going to create um, a, a token and do an ico where you're seeking to raise money to actually mm. sell your token then you need to contact a good securities attorney i would assume as well as those who are very familiar with doing this in the uh, the coin space.
0: Interesting. So, so, so you're saying there are regulations. Um, sort well, of, uh, the government,
1: against- you know, the government's figuring this out, Vishal. They're they're right. issuing new statements. You know, they've cracked down on on a few that are obviously fraudulent. Because anytime there's a new way to get money, you're going to have scammers come in right. and create a scheme that easily takes money from uh, the susceptible and uh, so there's been some arrests for that but you know the vast majority of these companies um, are moving forward i'm sure there's some scams out there i don't know which ones they are you know i try to avoid we bring guests on the show that we think are legitimate but we don't make any recommendations we tell you know we're not touting any coins the only token we tout is bad coin because we give it away Mm. Uh, but we do have Um, sponsors on our show that want to come on and talk about their currency and if we think you know what you're doing is interesting um, Mm. then we let them on and we tell people we're not financial advisors we don't give any Mm. financial advice don't listen to our uh, you know any financial advice consult with a legitimate financial advisor and while we'll have guests on we'll never say you should go buy and invest in this token we'll just present them and say this is what it is if you guys want to check it out. Here's the information. We think this is interesting. Make your own decision.
0: Interesting. So, um thank you so much for sharing that by the way. So, let, let's talk about the when you when you decide to invest in certain things, how important is the consensus algorithms or like the blockchain or sort of how they will negotiate or the the, the underlying technology behind it's that essential
1: The consensus element of blockchain is what makes it so reliable because it's not just your bank saying oh we got a check that you wrote to your power company for 115 dollars and 28 cents and the power company saying oh that was we we it was 138 and 15 cents because somebody couldn't read it properly now you've got this dispute and you're saying no i wrote it for 158 and 15 cents You guys can't read, your bank scanner didn't work, now you have this dispute. With blockchain, you have to have a consensus. So for a Bitcoin transaction to enter the blockchain and be validated, six completely disparate um, computers on the network have to confirm that it's a valid transaction. And they can't talk to one another and say, Mm -hmm. okay, are you saying this? Are you saying no? Each one has to come to its own conclusion with these very complex mathematical computations. By the way, that is what we call mining, something mm-hmm. that is it's, it's not hackable. Nobody's been able to hack the system yet. So my computer is doing a computation that's very complex, and uh, some guy in China is doing it. I don't know what other computer is doing it at that moment, so there's no right. way for me to manipulate the system. And so six... Completely random computers that are doing these computations come to the same conclusion on this incredibly complex mathematical computation and 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 it just so happens they all validate that this is a legitimate Mm. transaction. The odds of that happening randomly, they're they're so astronomical. The the number of zeros and the likelihood, it Mm. just goes on and on and on and on. And so the, the system just works and the consensus is the part that says yes this is a legitimate transaction that took place and now it's forever on the blockchain it's unchangeable it's immutable it's indisputable it's perfect
0: interesting and so let's talk about some of the alternatives to blockchain right so have you heard of any 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 other parallel technologies out there um that are that are not blockchain and but still in the crypto business or cryptocurrency business
1: um, well to my well the business of cryptocurrency i mean i'm in the cryptocurrency business i'm not on the block our podcast isn't on blockchain it's on itunes um right. that's what you mean but in terms of any um token or currency that's put out there to my knowledge they all have to be blockchain based otherwise the whole system falls apart
0: Interesting. So like, I was reading about, I think, a couple of weeks back about something called Hashgraph. I don't know if you've heard of that thing. Uh,
1: yeah. So, Just last week, I saw a story that there are um, permutations on blockchain right. that could be better. Um, I, I didn't do enough reading on it to determine if that was true or if I think there's a future. But um, now that we understand how blockchain works, right. we have... Um, currencies that are established you know just like we had ethereum come along and say okay we get blockchain let's add smart contract, smart contract to it, to it. Yeah. there's going to be these permutations um you know there's some of these tokens are lightning fast uh there's you know some uh, mm. we we invited the guys from uh, stellar stellar lumens is the token on the show a few months ago and they've created a solution that in a matter of seconds a transaction is sent for anywhere in the world um and settlement has taken place with smaller transaction fees than bitcoin
0: interesting wow
1: so wow. there's always new advances and there will be permutations on blockchain um, that will improve whether or not they will replace you know even though there's so many currencies out there bitcoin of the hundred of the 200 billion dollar market cap Bitcoin Mm. currently has 122 billion of that, so it is—it's the king, you know, of crypto. And uh, you know, it's not that practical for transactions yet because Mm. it's not as fast as we're used to when we slip in a Visa. Um, It's getting better, but a lot of people see it as digital gold. It's a store Mm. of wealth. You know, you don't you don't take an ounce of gold, you know, or even an ounce of silver. I've got one right here. Actually, here's a here's an ounce. This is a uh, Troy ounce of silver. It's got Mickey Mouse on it right there. I wouldn't walk into Walmart and they say, Mm -hmm. okay, it's seventeen dollars. I'm like, you know what? Silver is worth seventeen dollars an ounce right now. Here's my payment. Mm -hmm. They don't know how to take this. They don't know how to take gold. But as a store of wealth. Um, that this piece of silver is worth seventeen dollars right now for this ounce of silver, and your Bitcoin is worth whatever the market says it's worth.
0: interesting. so 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 what is interesting is uh, the use of blockchain is limited because of uh, the delay it induces. so it's it's good for certain transaction monitoring, but not for like high throughput high transactional systems where, say, um, I'm exchanging burgers or, or like making making this transaction or McDonald taking transactional orders It's not there yet. Well, there
1: are country. some technologies for example um, You know overstock.com uh, we interviewed, right. uh, interviewed Patrick Byrne the CEO just a couple months ago He was on the show and turns out overstock was the first major retailer to accept Bitcoin as payments and right. what they do is you can whatever the price is is that moment it change you know they say send in bitcoin you have to send it you know has to be sent within a few minutes and it Mm -hmm. locks in that price overstock immediately sells half of whatever they've collected into current bitcoin and then they stash the rest there's also um, debit cards that are being created there's a couple companies out there one of them is called uh, um, 10x Another one is token card. And wow. basically, it connects your, um, your, your Bitcoin account to a card. And when you swipe it, it immediately tra- translates that Bitcoin to cash. And then it settles it out of your account over blockchain. Uh, wow. It's amazing. So solutions are coming out for people to be able to spend. Um, there's Bitcoin ATMs that are out there. In fact, I've learned that there's one um that's about 15 miles from here and at some point i need to go pay it a visit and and shoot a video and and test it and go okay let's try this let me try and buy um, bitcoin or deposit into bitcoin with it and see how long it takes
0: wow that's that's fascinating wow that's it's it's getting it's getting there Uh, it is getting
1: there and but we're yet to hit the mainstream Um, we are still so the uh 2008, I believe, was the white paper, so nine years ago. And uh, but I remember, you know, I was online in 1980, dialing into bulletin board systems at 300 baud, okay, which is really, really, really slow. It was 1995 before I built my first website, the World Wide Web was invented a decade earlier, but. Mass adoption didn't start taking place until 2000, early 2000s, right? Those that were in the first you know, decade were the pioneers and then the early adopters. Well, we are in the very early phase of Bitcoin, which is why there are some that believe because of the limited nature of Bitcoin, 21 million ever to be in existence, and because of the supporting technology that is revolutionary, blockchain, some people believe Bitcoin will just keep going up, you know, over time, ups and downs, mm. um, you know, in and in be worth, some people say, worth a million dollars per Bitcoin one day. Is that right. possible? Wow. Based wow. on the technology, i guess it is uh mm. but you know my crystal ball is broken so i'm just happy to see that it's uh, more people are learning about blockchain and bitcoin and if i look at a bitcoin chart okay this will this will blow your mind if you look at a bitcoin chart for all time in this mm. past year it's gone up 928 percent in right. no, yeah, yeah. i
0: think it has really exploded this year
1: yeah, January first, it was around a thousand. Uh, well, no,
0: I think less January, than two thousand dollars. Thousand
1: dollars, and it's right now it's at seven thousand three hundred thirty-eight. Um, wow. So, it tells you something about the belief and trust in this technology to say to show that it's that high. Um, and here's the thing: people are like, "Well, I can't afford a Bitcoin." Well, mm-hmm. you don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. Right. Just like, just like. You don't need a $20 bill. There's tens, fives, and ones. And you don't need a $1 bill because there's quarters, dimes, nickels, and pennies. There's fractional amounts of Bitcoin that go to eight decimal points 0.0000001. It's called Mm -hmm. a Satoshi. The smallest unit of Bitcoin is called a Satoshi, named after the founder Satoshi Nakamoto. So, you know, people, there's some people that invest as little as, you know, $20 in Bitcoin.
0: Interesting. So, what are what what are some of your concerns um, with 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 the cryptocurrency? If you can share uh, your thoughts.
1: Government intervention in stifling the uh, the use of of this technology, um, the the banking system, uh, corrupting you know what's a, a beautiful thing um, that provides freedom to uh, to people and to commerce to thrive uh, under a system that is accountable, fully accountable. Those are those are my concerns. Of course, those uh, attempting to steal from others, uh, anytime you hear of a theft in cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. it scares people off. Uh, but, you know, a criminal use of it used to be um, account for a lot more of it because it was anonymous. And, right. uh, uh, but, you know, now we're seeing actual practical real world applications Uh, not saying criminals still don't use it, that, you know, there's a black market. I'm sure there is. But they're also using, you know, they've been using, you know, paper money for years. They've been using gold and precious metals to conduct criminal activity. Criminals use what criminals, whatever they have at their disposal. So that's not a good reason to avoid it. But stories, you know, that are sensationalized in the media can scare people away
0: interesting and 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 what about what about your your, your comfort around the, te- the the technology aspect of it or or the lack of it like like how much you know about how these um, what are the underlying technology behind Well,
1: oh, the more I understand it the more I trust it you know once I understood what mining actually was because at the beginning right. I'm like what are these People with a little pick, they're going ding, ding, right. ding, ding, ding on their processor, you know, right. and Bitcoin comes out. No, what mining actually is are these computers on the node that are the first that, that they are attempting to capture the transaction taking place and be the computer that is responsible for uh, bringing consensus for their processor doing this complex complex mathematical computation and what happens is when this computation is successful they get a little reward they pull a very Mm -hmm. small piece of bitcoin out of the mining pool see there's 21 million bitcoin that will ever be in existence but as of now only 16 and a half million have actually been mined and put into circulation so every time a transaction takes place another piece of that available Bitcoin comes into circulation.
0: Mm, but, interesting.
1: Right, it won't be fully circulated in any of our lifetimes. It'll be another hundred and twenty-three years, I believe, before that very last Bitcoin is put into circulation.
0: Interesting. Wow. Wow. And there's one no, other d- thing,
1: Bashal, that that I'll note that of the 16 and a half million Bitcoin that are in circulation, it's suspected that Satoshi Nakamoto Possesses a million of them himself Mm. because he created it and said I'll take a million We don't know for sure, but that's we it's suspected. And many people who got Bitcoin early on didn't think anything of it because it was worthless and they're lost It is it is estimated that up to a third of the existing Bitcoin is is gone is lost Which means out of the 16 and a half million Wow maybe five million aren't even in, circulation, in circulation which which means we're talking 10 11 million that is a scarce supply and it is what is causing investors to go wow there can never be more this is it this is all of them mm. it's like saying how many Mickey Mantle rookie trading cards were there um, right. you know there's only so many in circulation and that's right. what causes the demand and the price to go up and that's where Bitcoin is. So wouldn't
0: won't that won't that make you uneasy? Um, uh, uh, the, this uncounted number and sort of uh, in both the direction, right? So uh, that something is not in the circulation and something is not not discovered, What would, and that is jacking up the price?
1: Uh, you know, here's how I look at it. Anytime you invest in anything, you're speculating. And you don't know what's going to happen unless you are the person manipulating the market. And I'm sure that there are people that try to manipulate the crypto markets just as they do, you know, any stock market. Uh, I guarantee it's out there. We know the government manipulates our currency brazenly without apology. They do it. We're raising interest rates. We're lowering interest rates. We're printing more money. It's inflationary. It's deflationary. They're intentionally manipulating it. We know that there are others that seek to to manipulate um however you know what i tell people is never invest in anything and again this is not financial advice my personal take is don't invest what you can't afford to lose right
0: Um, no i think that's
1: ever 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 don't ever you don't you know otherwise it's gambling otherwise you might go you may as well go to vegas and say red or black odd or even and and lay down your money if that's how you're approaching any investment uh, then uh, maybe you don't belong in here. So if you're investing right. in Bitcoin because you heard somebody say it might go to a million dollars, if you can't afford to lose what you're investing, then you probably should make sure you're feeding your family and putting a roof over your
0: head first. That's true. I think, again, Joel, uh, it's fascinating. I think I uh, this was this was so much fun understanding the world of cryptocurrency and blockchain. I think uh, I I definitely do appreciate you walking us through and, and sort of educating our community what's going on in the because the the world is expanding so fast in that direction that we don't have time so definitely having a, having an expert or having someone who has a better vantage point uh, to that expansion and and I think um, and and to our our, our listeners I'll put uh, Joel's um, podcast link um, on the description so do check him out do I think it's shout out it's a, it's a fascinating uh, way they have really simplified uh, this this complicated world of cryptocurrency uh, for for people to understand what's going on and it's it's uh, at least get to understand what's going on and then see if we can uh, learn something from that yeah. and bring it on board so uh, Joel thank you so much so before we go um do you do you have any favorite read that you want to share with our audience like this is something i ask uh, to all, all of my speaker if if they are into reading, if they have anything fun that users, or at least uh, any blog or anything that that they read that they could, that our, our our audience could go and and sort of get their information. Uh, from you
1: said a favorite read, a book. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I just got. Let me see. Where is it? Oh, I can't find it. But so, uh, James L. Tucher is very much uh, you know he's uh an investor Fascinating james good. is yeah. very much in the crypto space and i just got a book for oh here it is Aha. just got this book from him cryptocurrencies 101. Um, nice. you know the the subtitle is a little sensational to me how to make a fortune i mean i understand that hmm. um, he's selling a course but it's a really right. good primer a really good uh, beginning i think he probably explains it better than we do on the show and actually uh, we've just gotten in touch with his people we hope to have him on the show soon
0: that'll be fascinating yeah he he's an amazing guy so mm-hmm. kudos to you and i think you guys are doing an amazing job by the way so it's uh, Thank uh you. all all thumbs up and i think uh and joel again i couldn't say it uh, how how thankful i am for you spending time with us i think it has been this, so the moment I, I read about um, uh, I read about you on on LinkedIn, I said, "Hey, I don't know whether he'll catch my, my request to be on board and sort of just talk about cryptocurrency and sort of help our audience understand." And I'm I'm glad you did, and I think our, our audience would be glad that you did as well. So thank you so much.
1: Great. Well, thanks for having me. Take care.
0: Take care. And and you're and you're welcome to come on the show anytime. Uh, love to have you and back and uh, discuss those things.
1: I appreciate that.